everyone, and welcome back to the last episode of Season 2 for our Senior Living Today podcast. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Steve Pettigene, Melissa Todd, and Stacey Walters. Thank you all for being here with me today. So I know that you have all been on our podcast at one time or another, but would you mind going around and just introducing yourselves, reminding our listeners who you are and if we have any new listeners, just so they can get to know you and what you do for the Ohio Masonic communities. So Steve, let's go ahead and start with you. Yes. Hi. Thanks, Alexandra, for having me. Uh, Steve Pettigene, I am the Chief Operating Officer here at the Ohio Masonic Communities, which oversees three senior living communities, as well as our Resource Center and Foundation. My name is Melissa Todd. I am the Corporate Sales Manager for the Ohio Masonic Communities. So I help oversee the sales teams and their processes at our Western Reserve Campus in Medina, Springfield Masonic Community in Springfield, and Browning Masonic Community in Waterville, Ohio. Hi, I'm happy to be here with all of you today. I'm Stacy Walters, the Director of Life Enrichment for the Springfield Masonic Community. Um, I have the pleasure of engaging our residents in activities and events and all the fun here on campus. Well, once again, thank you all for joining me. Uh, so throughout season two, we've been gathering listener questions, and today we're going to try to answer as many of the questions our listeners have sent in as possible. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, one of the questions that comes up a lot is, I if I don't need assistance, why would I consider moving to a senior living community? So what are some of the advantages of moving before a crisis situation occurs? We do get that question a lot from our families, but also from the folks that are looking at moving in. And really, our communities include such a wide variety of care levels. Um, it's about moving before the crisis because there's peace of mind on our campuses as they are continuum care community options. So we tend to see folks move when they are independent because they're planners, because they want the peace of mind that should something happen to themselves or their spouse that they are already in a place that can offer the support. So we like to see folks planning ahead, moving in when they are independent. And since our campuses are 55 and older, age is just a number and it's about how you feel and how you want to live your life. So really we see that a lot of folks want to come in for the social engagements. So then another question I think that um, comes up a lot is, can I afford senior living? Um, I know that there's a little bit of sticker shock in the industry, and one of the comments that came in was that the monthly rates seem high compared to my mortgage. Why is that? Yeah, we're always going to get that question. Finances are a hot topic when someone is picking up that phone and making the call for the first time. It's our job as the advisors in the senior living industry to kind of break down that cost and realize that it's not just a comparison between your mortgage Living on a campus or at a continuum care retirement community encompasses so much more than just the brick and mortar that you might be residing in. So it can include a combination of services like the utilities, the ease of landscaping, lawn, and any maintenance work that needs to happen on, you know, the property. Um, but it also, you know, encompasses any future care needs that you might need or are unexpectedly planning for since we don't have a crystal ball. But the financials are broken down um, to encompass a lot more than just your mortgage. 
Uh, it depends on what campus you're looking at. It also depends on what care area you're looking at. So maybe you're considering a villa option versus an independent living option um, where there's apartments. And it also kind of breaks it down to show families that the cost of care is invaluable. And what are you going to get where you are now versus what you could get at a community that provides 24-7 care and nursing options? So another question that we had come in has to do with the difference between being a for-profit and a non-for-profit senior living community. Uh, so the Ohio Masonic communities, including Browning Masonic community, Springfield Masonic community, and Western Reserve Masonic community are all non-for-profit senior living communities. Steve, can you talk a little bit about what the difference is between a for-profit and not-for-profit senior living? Uh, yes, definitely happy to do so. And it's, it's one of the important differentiators. And you heard Melissa talk a lot about planning one of the first steps is to decide, do I want to go to a for-profit or a not-for-profit based on those differences? Primary differences of, of any for-profit and not-for-profit, a for-profit has a paid board and they're generate, they're, the activities they produce are to generate income to repay shareholders. Uh, whereas a not-for-profit, we have unpaid board members and it's mission-driven. So we're here just to serve those that are on the campuses or to fulfill the mission. And why it's important to plan, you know, 80% of, of America probably, uh, or 60% of America is probably in that middle market segment wondering if they'll have enough to live. So if you plan early enough to move in, then you can leverage a not-for-profit not, um, senior living community essentially as an insurance plan, knowing that if you run out of money, a place like ours is going to keep you there and, and take care of you for the needs that you have. So really more of that security in the future. Definitely. Definitely about security. So another question we got a lot of, we know that all our uh, future residents love their furry companions. Um, so do our senior living communities allow pets to live on our campuses? Absolutely. We get that question quite a bit because a lot of our community members looking at uh, retirement options do have furry friends, whether that's cats, dogs, birds, or even fish. So all of our communities are pet friendly and we welcome them as we welcome you. All right, Stacey, it's time to move over to one of the more fun questions on our list. Uh, what types of activities are offered at a senior living community? And are activities planned for independent living residents only? No, we've got activities for every level of care. Um, actually, our, our independent living um, have their own events committee. They get together and get to plan all the activities that they think their peers would like to participate in. We've got resident councils for all of our other levels of care, assisted living and long-term care. We get together every month, um, talk to everybody, get everybody's input and ideas, and we make the calendar around what they're desiring to do that month. All right. Our next question has to do with lease contracts. Do I have to sign a long-term lease or contract to move to one of your communities? I can take that question from the sales side of things. And yes, that is a popular question. Nobody wants to feel locked into a year lease or some of the other common rental properties that can even lock someone into 18 months or 24 months. And the answer across the board for the Ohio Masonic communities and campuses is that we do not require a long-term contract or lease. All of our agreements are month to month because we are in the industry of healthcare. We're also in the industry of helping and not hurting someone who might be going through a crisis. So at any point in time, should your care needs change and we need to exit your resident agreement or sign a new one, 
it's with a 30-day notice. Um, and that clause is in all of our contracts to give families the peace of mind that should any event occur, even if it's moving out of state suddenly um, or a change in care and quality of condition, you know, we can change the agreements as needed. We also had a listener write in with a question regarding medical care. She wants to know if she can keep her own doctor or dentist if she moves to a retirement community. Does that depend on the level of care that they enter into and how would that work? It's really just a personal choice. So if they've got transportation and they've got the family and they can drive themselves, uh, it's their personal choice who they choose to receive care from on all assets, whether it's medical, dental, all the above. And uh, we don't want to take that away from them. However, the, the good senior living communities, um, uh, one of our own, some of our own as well, we, we really try to provide that to make it convenient for them. So on our two campuses, we do have some doctors and, and dental opportunities available on, on some of our campuses. And then we also had a few questions come up about insurance. Um, if a resident was to move to one of our communities, would they need homeowner's insurance or would it be renter's insurance? How does that process work? Yeah, I love getting the question about insurance because it could even be assumed that there's Medicare insurance or other supplemental insurances involved. So when that conversation comes up, I do try to elaborate and make sure we're talking about the same insurance. Um, but in regards to homeowners insurance or renters insurance, we do not require it. When you move on to campus, uh, if you're in a villa, an apartment, or in one of our uh, studio settings, I suggest renter's insurance because I have been a renter before, but the simple answer is that it is not required. So another common question that we get is about our name. Uh, so one listener wrote in, you have the name Masonic in your community. Do I need to be a Mason to move to one of your communities? And what is the history of your community with Freemasonry? Uh, Steve, I think this would be a great question for you to take. Yes, that is a great question, and, and absolutely not is the is the short answer. Uh, certainly, uh, when I started here six years ago, I was not a Mason. However, when I uh, came on board and I learned about the tenets of Freemasonry and what it stood for, about a year and a half in, I I chose to do so. Um, we're probably about at our campuses. We're probably about 60 percent that are, and forty percent that are not. You know, it really our founding goes back to almost one hundred and thirty years ago, and we were really founded out of Freemasonry. And it was uh, the grand chapter here in Ohio that kind of made a push to open up the facility in support of, of widows, of, of masons, and then, and then children, um, children that come to live here. And a lot of them were without parents or parents that couldn't care for them after the war. So in the long history of, of the tenants of Freemasonry and the, and the good that they do to serve the greater community is really what we stand for. So we're here really not only to serve those that, that reside in our campuses, but to be a resource to seniors across the state of Ohio and really to empower them to live their best lives and, and really to thrive. So as we close out season two, I would love to go around and each of you give one question that you hear most often and how you would answer it. Uh, from a sales perspective, um, there's a lot of educating between the differences in a continuum care retirement community or a not-for-profit versus some of the for-profit options that are out there. And I like to tell families that if, you know, they had a question, it would be, how can my loved one age in place? Because typically the for-profit communities that exist, they have a spectrum of care. And I think it's good to compare and contrast what ifs 
So what if my loved one needs X criteria of care? How do we meet it on your campus and where would that be? Versus when you're looking at competitors, what's their maximum care criteria? I don't get that question a lot. And the families who do ask it, they've done their research. They know that there are very big differences between what the Ohio Masonic communities offer and what others don't. And they've kind of pinpointed that advantage to make sure that their loved one can age in place as long as possible. Because once this decision is made to make a move to one of our campuses, you do not want to have to move again. And we get that a lot too. So we give that peace of mind by going over the care and the acuity that we can provide in each area. You know, one of the biggest questions I get is always from a family member, will mom and dad be bored? What is there to do? And my list goes on and on of all the things from bands and live entertainment, happy hour, which is a favorite, special events, shopping trips, lunch outings. I mean, anything you can think of, if we don't have it, we'll make it happen. It's a great way for people to become engaged with other peers and have fun. And also one of my favorite things is being able to bring their families onto campus for special events, you know, Easter, Thanksgiving, things like that. It's just a great way for, you know, mom and dad to feel good and contribute to their family and their well-being. You know, there's just so much fun going on every day, so many different calendars, so many different events. And another thing I always stress is, and it's up to you how much you want to participate in that. Whether you want to participate 1% or 100%, we will respect your decisions and your privacy and just hope that you enjoy having a good life here. All right, and Steve, we'll close out with you. Thank you. Yes, you know, for me, it's it's the question of why. You know, people always say, why? Why would I want to live in, in a senior community? What does that look like? And I will tell you, it just goes back to, to simple um, simple facts, and it's that it has been proven that, that folks that are engaged and have a social network and environment live healthier and longer lives than those that isolate and, and, and choose not to. And as we age, unfortunately, we sometimes lose our friends. So if I'm at a senior living community where there's lots of friends, then there's ways to stay connected. Um, there's really two, two answers that I give them to that question. And, and number one is really around healthcare. Oftentimes I'll see a couple uh, where one is caring for the other um, and maybe more than they, they need to, and they don't get the chance to be the, the loving spouse Instead, they're primary caregiver. So the question is, why wait so long? Please move into a senior living community. You can continue to be the spouse and let the community help provide some of the health care. The second one really goes to answer a podcast question we had earlier this season where somebody asked about their grandmother who moved into a senior living facility, said she's unhappy all the time. What do we do? I'll tell you, it goes back to some of the things Stacy just talked about, but it really speaks to purpose. Just because we age, there's so much ageism across the United States, it's terrible. We all think getting old is a bad thing. It's not. They're just more mature, more wise. And if we can connect with where they are, so we connect with where they are, and we give them purpose, man, they fully engage in what we do. So whether they're playing euchre, shooting pool, working in the wood shop, uh, doing artwork, whatever it might be, we give them purpose, and they, 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 they volunteer back on campus, and they feel engaged, and they live fuller, healthier lives. And that's the answer I have to say to so why you should move into to a senior living community and, and frankly, why you should move into the homosonic communities. Well, thank you all again for joining me today and helping to answer our listeners' questions. It's been a great season and we appreciate everyone who wrote in with their questions. 
As always, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a new episode and share with your friends and family. Thank you all for listening. Happy holidays. And we will be back next year. 